Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the recovery guy, and you have entered into the fix. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy and welcome to Friday's version of Recovery Guy podcast. I am so glad you're here. About halfway through, I'm going to let you know of a promotion that we are having for the month of March. You won't want to miss this and share this and be a part of some of the things we are giving away. We have had such an incredible time uh, with walking through the steps this last Tuesday, if you're not aware, we were covering step 10 and it's pretty exciting. I'm going to be doing um, uh, steps uh, 11 and 12 next. And I think on my Tuesday podcast, uh, I think I'm going to be walking into the traditions, although I'm not sure yet. But this is the feedback that I'm starting to get from my focus group. So if you have any thoughts or ideas, let me know. DM me, message me, Robert at recoveryguy.org or, you know, uh, go to uh, Instagram, recovery underscore guy, you name it. I'm pretty easy to reach and that is by design. Uh, Also, as part of our steps. I'm still giving away. I have a few left. I just sent one off to South Africa, uh, a copy of the 12 and 12, which really are uh, the deep thinking. Obviously, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous covers the 12 steps, but nothing does it like the 12 and 12. So let me know if you need a copy of that. I'll get that off to you. For those of you who don't know, my name is Robert Pardon, and I am a happy, grateful, recovered alcoholic. You know, the first time I heard that was when uh, Slow Will, who's my current sponsor, I've known Slow Will for, um, you know, almost uh, my entire 35 years of being in this program. I've known him since, since, since day one. And I've been in the program over 35 years, but I'm approaching 35 years of personal recovery. And, and when I first heard Will... Um, refer to him as a happy, grateful, recovered alcoholic. I just took it as an arrogance, not as a sign of what I could become. Further on, as I would work the program and do the steps and come back after my relapse and really understand that the program of recovery was exactly where I needed to be, I began to examine the things that he said. And he sat me down. He said, Bobby, this is why I can be that. This is where it says, I'm happy. I'm grateful. These are all the passages that we can recover. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about, uh, today's podcast is entitled, A Way Out. It says in the on page 17, it says that we have a way out on which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news uh, carried to those who suffer from alcoholism. We do have a way out, and the way out is recovery. Recovery is the goal and the process simultaneously. We want to be recovered. We want to be in recovery. That is my goal. I want to be recovered. And to achieve that, I need to be in the process of recovery. And then even after I am recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, that's where sanity will have been restored. If you listen to step 10, when we get to the end of step nine and we enter into step 10, by this time, sanity will have been restored. And to be recovered 
should be the goal of every person who enters into recovery. And it's why I continue to do what I do. You would say, Robert, you, you know, sometimes you act like a newcomer. You still have this energy. You still have this passion. Why? Because I, I know life requires me to move uphill. Newton's law of motion says that things that are in motion or stay in motion, stay in motion. Things that are in motion, stay in motion. Things that rest, stay at rest. I never want to be rested because I know for me, coasting uphill is rather dangerous because it defies gravity. So I'm not one to, to oppose scientific principles. So I keep pedaling like Dory, just keep swimming, keep swimming, right? If I'm doing something, I'm moving in the direction, hopefully of continuing my recovered state. And I know that sounds extremely basic, but not everyone who enters treatment or recovery is looking to recover. You've heard me talk about coercion. Some people are just doing it to get the pressure reduced so they can get back to the destructive way of living. And I mentioned that in last Friday's podcast on the chosen ones or chosen ones to get back to their destructive way of living. My friend Scotty uh, in Southern California has welcome home sober living. Every one of the participants in their homes all have uh, legal judgments on them and to get their kids back in their other situations. Everyone wants to perform to get their kids back and their life back, but some people only want to do it long enough to get them back. The people who do recover, who have found a way out, stick to the plan of recovery, right? Recovery is available. This is what's beautiful to everyone who pursues it. Just like our addiction does not care what your gender is, what your race is, what your religious affiliation or background is, if you have one at all. It doesn't care about your socioeconomic level. It doesn't care if you're tall, short, large, small, have hair, don't have hair. It really doesn't matter. Addiction attacks everyone. If you've been in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous or any other 12-step group, you know there's an incredible cross-section of life. And again, as it says on page 17, we are people who normally would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. That is what recovery brings. That is the fellowship of recovery right? We are men and women who have a fellowship that binds us, that joins us. But the fellowship is not the recovery. The fellowship is the enjoyment part. The fellowship is the connection. The real work is in the 12 steps. The real work is within the first 164 pages of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous or the other material that you read. You know, the stories in the back of the book, they change. The forwards, uh, as as each new edition comes out, will add, right? But certain things like the first 164 pages has never changed from its original printing back in 1936. Isn't that crazy? And what's really cool about that is when new people come into recovery today, I don't have to treat them like a suit maker. I don't have to measure them. I don't have to know what their likes, their dislikes are. I don't have to know about how much money they have or don't have. I don't need to know about how many. I don't need to know about any of those things. All I need to do is say, I don't care where you're coming from. I don't care what you say your problem is. If you want to get well, you're going to do these 12 steps in the first 164 pages and let me help you. 
right? They told me, this is so cool, I've mentioned it before. They told me that the program of Alcoholics Anonymous is like a giant wrench that will fit any nut who walks in. Isn't that great? Because we we get a little nutty when we're out there ripping and running. And, and thank goodness there's nothing uh, qualifying about AA, about any 12-step program, right? It's saying that we have a problem, that we need help, that we want that fellowship, that, that we want to be a part of something that's designed for living so I don't have to die. It talks about an easier, softer way. It says, we thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Now, it's interesting. It says that our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. Do you know that the only alternative suggestion is to go back to your old behavior? Did you know that? So on one hand, it's saying, we're just being suggestive because God forbid we would tell a person of addiction what to do, right? Their life is falling apart, but you can't tell us anything. We're right. Even up until we die, we will defend our position. That's how maddening the disease of addiction is, right? The easier, softer way is the recovery. It's the most challenging, like Tom Hopkins, who is like the master of sales and trainers, in my opinion, he says, sales is the hardest, highest paying work you will ever do, or it's the lowest paying easy work, right? I know that because when I relapsed, I wanted to take the easier, softer way. I just wanted to sound good, look sober, and think that could get me through. But again, the pressure became so great that my only alternative was to be honest and work the program, which is the hardest thing I would ever do or the easier, softer way, and relapse. Well, I said that I wanted to do it, but I didn't, because I can recover, and I have recovered. And today, I'm going to walk you through just a number of things that are in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous that will help you understand recovery. There is countless things on recovery, but we're going to talk about those today. And I hope you join me and countless others on this path. You know, um, last week on my Instagram account, I I took a picture from my 30-year uh, sobriety date when I was in Las Vegas. I was coming through Southern California where I went to visit. I was at the Triangle Club and I took my 30-year chip, which was given to me by my sponsor, Will. God bless him. And I walked through, I came back through Las Vegas and I came across Scotty and Eddie and Buddy. And between, at that time, that was five years ago, we had 134 years of recovery. Are you kidding me? Four guys, 134 years. Go check out my Instagram um, uh, page and find it under recovery underscore guy. You'll see Buddy and then me and then Eddie and Scott. All four are still sober today. All four were in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous when I first came in. So we're going to add about five years. So as of today, we have approximately 154 years of personal recovery. Buddy's got going on 45. Eddie's got 37. 
I'm coming up on 35 and Scotty just celebrated his 37 years as well. So whether or not it can be done, and these are just a small sample. I know countless people who are living, many have died like my sponsor Jack with 44 years of personal recovery. My friend Richard H., another 35 years that he'll have uh, a few weeks before me in April. Countless individuals I have known along the way. Why? Because we do recover. Let's walk through some of these things. Before we do, though, real quick, March promotion is pretty exciting. We're giving away four items. Here's what you need to do. You need to go to Twitter. You need to retweet my podcast and you'll have nine of them in March. You'll get a point for retweeting each one of them. You'll get a point for uh, following me, right, on Twitter, and you'll win top two prizes are an eight-inch Fire Amazon HD tablet. The next prize is a $50 Visa gift card, and then the third prize is very exciting as well. It's one of those Yeti uh, tumblers, one of those uh, Rambler coolers, really cool, 32 ounce. So all you have to do is to enter is to retweet and then follow. My Twitter handle is at recoveryguy1986, at recoveryguy1986. Follow me on Twitter, retweet the, the um, uh, podcast, and then you'll be entered into the drawing. And on April 6th, we will be announcing the winner. It'll be selected by a computer generated. If you're looking for a life or sober coach, reach out to me at re robert at recoveryguy.org or recovery underscore guy on Instagram. Let's have that conversation. Now, once again, uh, when you do get there, please share, uh, subscribe, comment, uh, go to your favorite podcast channel. I'm pretty easy to find. Having said that, let's get back to uh, what are called big book sentences containing the word recovery. You're going to like this. If, you, if you're not very familiar with the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, um, hopefully you'll pick one up and you can become familiar. If you are familiar but you've never seen these, I'm going to put a little spin on them and see what they mean to you. I love the, the, almost the title. It comes from the title page. It is the story of how many thousands of, now it's millions, thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. And again, cross out alcoholism, put bulimia, gambling, you know, uh, overeating, um, pornography, drug addiction. I was twisted and sick from them all. And today, none of them are a problem for me. I have solved through the 12 steps of recovery. I have solved those issues in my life. Laura and I go to Las Vegas on a regular basis, probably four times a year to visit our daughters and our grandsons. Well, Gambling is not an issue. We stay in a hotel that has gambling. Walking by the machines is no big deal to me, right? We go to the hookah lounge, the Olive Mediterranean Grill to hookah and enjoy ourselves. I'm just there for the Arabic music and the fun and the enjoyment and the entertainment and a little bit of shisha, right? And I drink my Turkish coffee and I drink my water and have a great time. The problem has been solved. I don't throw up anymore during the day and I don't eat in excess the things that I shouldn't be eating at all. And I don't go to strip joints and I don't go to porn. So anywhere you can apply this, right? 
men and women by the millions have recovered from their addiction. I love as we travel through, and it's so important that you believe this, because if you don't believe it, why are you doing it? If you don't believe that you can recover, why are you in a program of recovery? Now, I'm not trying to talk you out of being in the program of recovery. I'm, I'm telling you to jump into the deep end of the pool because until we do, we never fully get wet. We're cold. Do you ever, do you ever stand in the, in, in the shallow end? Isn't it more cold? I get more warm when I get in the deep end and I fully immerse myself in the water. That's where I get fully cleansed, right? That's where I get fully refreshed. That's where I can swim without being inhibited, right? And that is the same way in recovery. So don't get out of the pool. Get into the deeper end. There's so many people out there, so many great podcasts, so many coaches, so many individuals on social media, on on uh, uh, Facebook meetings, you name it. We are out there. Hopefully when this whole COVID thing gets done, we can all get back to meetings. We can go to Salt Lake, but some places don't allow in California. My, my sponsor in Missouri, they're back in meetings full swing. A lot of places are, but a lot of people are waiting. We're waiting to get back in the treatment centers to share the experience, strength, and hope for, from those of us who have recovered right? And we want you to join the recovery bandwagon as well. And then it says, we of Alcoholics Anonymous are more than 100 men and women, this is the forward to the first edition, who have recovered, are you ready? From a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. We were never hopeless in our mind and body. It only seemed that way. That is why the second step and 12 step in all 12 step programs is an opportunity to recognize our insanity and the hope of being restored. That's why when we get to step nine, which is the last recovery step, and then we enter into the maintenance of steps 10, 11, and 12, it says for this time, sanity will be restored, right? It talks about no more longer having the drink or the addiction problem, but I've got to stay in recovery to be recovered, right? And then it says to show others precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. Wow. So when I found that out, I thought I need to read this book because I was dying. And it was very evident to me that I was dying when I realized how quickly dangerous I was during my relapse. Now, the good thing is I had enough AA in me, another 12-step program, N-A-O-A-G-A, I was going to as well. I had enough of that to know that those meetings screwed up my using. There was no satisfaction. I couldn't recapture that feeling of being an almost because I knew there was something more for me and that something was recovery. And why they wrote the book precisely to show us how they did recover. Then going down further in the big book on uh, Roman numeral 13, it says he sobered never to drink again up to the moment of his death in 1950. This seemed to prove that one alcoholic could affect another as no non-alcoholic could. It also, are you ready? It also indicated that strenuous work, one alcoholic with another, was vital. Are you ready for these two words? These will mind blow you. Vital to permanent recovery. Oh my God. I said permanent. Wow. 
That's an absolute word. I believe in permanent recovery. You know why I believe it? Because I believe that staying in recovery will keep me recovered. I believe in the permanency. I believe, if not, I'm, I'm that person. I was telling my friend Wendy a few months ago, she was walking through some things and God bless you, she's got over four years of recovery now. I'm so proud of that girl. And so we were talking. I said, you know what, Wendy? You know, you've heard the adage that we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. And she said, yeah. And I said, guess what, Wendy? There is no other shoe. If we do this right, there is no other shoe. We can have permanent recovery. Now, again, those naysayers out there, nobody said cured, right? I'm not saying that addiction is still stamped in my DNA. So I know I can never safely use or engage in other behaviors again because I would stand the, the, um, uh, the, propensity or the opportunity to relapse. And who knows if there's ever another recovery in me, right? But permanent recovery, don't be afraid of that. If there was no permanency, why would we do it? I don't want to look over my other shoulder, my shoulder. Do you, do you want to walk through life wondering what's going to happen next in a negative sense? No, I want to know that no matter what I go through in life, regardless of staying by, I remember a few years ago when my brother Jim, my uh, Laura and I sat at the bed of my sister and watching her die, watching her take her last breath and other things that have occurred to me in my journey of life. When my dad died, when I was two and a half years clean and sober, and I was wondering why he died. And it was an opportunity for me, for God to demonstrate his omnipotence in my life. And I told God as frustrating and as challenging that was because my dad and I, we were becoming friends. Like I always wanted us to be through his alcoholism, my subsequent alcoholism. My dad got sober, then I got sober. And for two and a half years, we were pals. Matter of fact, the day he died, I was coming to visit him and I knocked on his door and he had died and was already taken to the hospital in North Las Vegas 15 minutes before I got there. I would never see my dad alive again on August 1st of 1988. But I knew that I had permanent recovery if I was willing to allow God to do for me what I could not do for myself. And folks, that's a true story. And I went to God and I said, God, I know I'm not going to drink. So what I want you to do is show me that I will never have a reason to drink or use again as you carry me through this week. You know what? And God did what God does. He did for me what I could not do for myself. That is the type of personal recovery I am talking about talks about the person the the principles of recovery working the steps doing the things that we need to do it says this is repeated over and over again and it talks about the doctor's opinion about remorse and going through bad times and coming to a, a, an understanding of our condition he says unless this person can experience a, an entire psychic change there is very little hope of his recovery so if that is saying that all i have to do if, if I'm absent a psychic change, I can't recover. That means with the psychic change, I can recover. And that comes from Dr. Bob Silkworth in the doctor's opinion of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Great stuff here. And if you haven't found this before, search this stuff out. It is remarkable. It is revolutionary. It will give you the energy, the excitement. I always want to carry the wisdom of an old timer 
with the energy of a newcomer. Don't you want that? You know, I don't mind if people say, wow, you've been sober that long. You sound like you're just coming in. I want to sound fresh, just like I want my marriage fresh. I want people to trip when they see that Laura and I have been married over 31 years. We're going on 32 years this, this May 27th. 32 years, and I want it to be fresh. I want it to be alive. I want it to be real, just like my recovery. And I hope you feel that way too. It says that we learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholic. This is the first step in recovery. We had to concede to our innermost selves. Step one, that is the first step of recovery. I hope you have done that. That is the only step, by the way, that we need to do to perfection. Step one, every other step, we, we, we will make mistakes in. That's why we have step 10, to continue to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Not if we were wrong, but when we were wrong. We need to clear away the wreckage of our past, right? And these steps help us do this. Step one is the most prominent step on that journey. Because if I'm not fully ready to concede to my innermost self that I'm alcoholic, why would I want to go through the rest of the steps? I won't. I will go through them piecemeal. I will treat them like a buffet. I want a little bit of that, but not very much of that. And I want a whole lot of that. I can't handle. That's how I lived my addictive life. I was very subjective in an objective world. And I need to change that. And the steps allow me to do that. It says here, there are those two, there are those who do not recover. They are people who cannot, are you ready? or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. So if you wonder why you're not recovering, guess what? You're not being honest. You cannot or you will not completely give yourself to this simple program. It's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. Thank goodness it's simple because guys like me can do it along the way. And then it talks about, on page 72, it says, this brings us to the fifth step in this program of recovery mentioned in the preceding chapter. Don't let anyone ever tell you in the program of recovery, you can't recover. If they want to own that for themselves, let them. But we do recover. Matter of fact, we even get well. We have solved the drink problem. When tempted, we will recoil as if from a hot flame. Are you kidding me? It's I don't make this stuff up. I'm not that smart, but I'm smart enough to remember it and to repeat it to myself and to others in my, in my recovery mentality and then also even in my coaching opportunity with others through life. The next one is, it says on page 96, it says he has read this volume and he is prepared to go through with the 12 steps of the program of recovery. The 12 steps is not the recovery. It's the program of recovery. It's the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. On And, and we find that in, uh, in chapter five, how it works, right? The 12 steps are suggested as a program of recovery. I love this, don't you? Because this gives me a path. This gives me a way. 
one by one, step by step, I can get this done. There's a proven path that now millions have done. If you look through the forwards of the big book, it'll say now millions, not only thousands. In the beginning, it was hundreds. Then it was thousands. Now it's millions. It says on, on page 99, line 30 of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it says, let no alcoholic say he cannot recover unless he has his family back. You got to love this because right after that, it says that I can get well regardless of anyone, job or no job, wife or no wife. Those other things, as important as they are, and I would never discount the importance of family, but folks, it's external. It's external. We have to let our family be a beneficiary of our recovery. They cannot be our recovery. No one outside of us physical, tangible or intangible, can be our recovery. Because if something goes wrong with them, that means our recovery will go wrong as well. And I know that may sound harsh and cruel and unforgiving, but folks, that's just the way it is. Remember that our real reliance is upon God. God is a spirit. We must worship him in spirit and in truth. It doesn't mean that family's not important. Of course it is. I'm a family guy. I've got five kids three of which I had to make big amends to and restoration to. And I've got eight grandchildren, two adopted grandchildren, so 10 total, right? I know what it's like. I understand the importance of family. But my family cannot be my recovery. I can recover. We can recover. I was in recovery while I was divorced, before I met Laura, before we had our other children. I was recovered. And you can be as well. Thank God getting Sue back wasn't mandatory for my recovery. She had already met Dave. She had already moved on. There was no going back for me. I had to learn how to get well regardless of everyone. Then it says, yet often such men had spectacular and powerful recoveries. Some do. Some don't. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that we do recover. It says, whether the, the family goes on a spiritual basis or not, the alcoholic member has to, if he would recover. It is a spiritual basis. This program is spiritual. That's why steps 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 10, 11, and 12 are direct relationship to God, to your higher power steps. Only steps one, eight, and nine are not directly related. I could make a case for them as well, but certainly an unparalleled and, un, and unnecessary to explain link between God and me. So I believe that the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and the other 12-step programs is not a program designed to teach me how not to drink or use or engage in negative behavior. It's to teach me how to be, have a relationship with a power greater than myself, God of my own understanding, and as a result of that relationship, I will not want to engage in that negative behavior. If you have a problem with that, message me and let me know why, so I can explain to you why this makes sense. And then it says, and I'll end here, tradition number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Personal recovery. And I'm not going to add one more, just as a little extra for you today. It says, willingness 
honesty and open-mindedness, the how, right? H-O-W, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness are the essentials of recovery. Essentials of recovery, the how. How do you get sober and clean? How do you recover from any debilitating behavior? Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. We do have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and join in brotherly, harmonious action. Recovery is the goal and the process. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to recoveryguy.org. Um, uh, remember, download the podcast from your favorite podcast channel. Subscribe, share, comment. Don't forget to join the uh, the promotion for March at recoveryguy1986 on Twitter. Go to me at recovery underscore guy on Instagram. Let's get this thing done. Remember, we got sick apart, but we get well together. And as always, my name is Robert, and I am the Recovery Guy.